0: Hello, and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic First Binary's podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format. And we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel,
1: joined here with my co-hosts. Hey, everybody. It is Ryan, the uh, cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan. And special guest. We have a special guest back. Can you guess who it is?
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure if we want to call him a, a host yeah. yet. You know, he's been uh, joining <laughs> us a lot lately. We appreciate yeah. you joining us here. Uh, Ashiok. welcome course, back yet again. Of
2: course. It's your boy Ashiok from the Great White North. Love saying hello to everyone and love being on the podcast. Thanks for having me on.
0: <laughs> All right. And following up with what we started last week is we've got new cards, and that is always, you know, as a Magic player, that's my favorite time. I think of a lot of Magic players, it's everybody's favorite time, is to look at, admire, speculate, mm-hmm. etc. with brand new cards, and this time it's Phyrexia. All will be one uh, we talked last week about a lot of the set's mechanics. Mm-hmm. We talked about you know some of the early spoilers that we really wanted to dig in on. This is going to be our more in depth as we're going through you know some of the maybes, some of the uh, things that we're less sure on, as well as you know just wanted to cover like some of the small things we think are going to have an impact on Pioneer. So this is going to be 100% Pioneer focused, a full set review for uh, Firexia All We Won. And if you hear, if we miss any big cards, uh, you know make sure to check our last episode because we did talk yeah. about a number of specific spoilers that were coming out early. You know, we couldn't help ourselves. (laughs) And how are you guys feeling on the set?
1: Um, go go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Uh, I actually only just started looking at all the cards because, Mm. you know, I had work all day yesterday and I just finished a morning meeting before I came on to do this podcast. And I've only had a chance, maybe like 30 minutes, 45 minutes to, to look at the cards. So I can't really give you an honest answer i can give you
2: an honest answer and the honest answer is i think this set has either the potential to be a really impactful set like we've seen with kamigawa or mm. it's gonna be a flop i i cannot tell yet there's obviously some cards that are super powerful and we'll see a lot of play so we won't have like a crimson bow in our hand but mm. Mm. Uh, either it's gonna be really really powerful or not do a whole lot maybe influence a couple of decks change some tiers that's really it i i'm more so leaning towards the before which is a lot more exciting but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if this falls.
1: I think it's really going to depend on standard because I did push a lot of the, um, the uh, how can I say the, what's the word I'm looking for the uh, not the techniques but the the abilities and stuff like that that are kind of limited to only the uh, Phyrexia. Mm-hmm. So if, if, you know, if Toxic takes off in Standard, it could probably survive in Pioneer or, you know, if, I don't know, for Mirrodin, you know, Mechanic, whatever, you know, wherever else. Like I said, I think they pushed it. They did a really good job. Should be good limited-wise, I think. Should have a good limited environment. But, again, we'll have to wait to see if that stuff can survive and carry over to, Pioneer, sorry, to, to Standard first before it makes an impact on Pioneer. How about you, Kevin? Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I feel, too, as far as, you know, you're talking about some of the mechanics. Like, at this point, like, I didn't see anything for me that's a big toxic payoff. Like, I didn't see anything that was, like, a good corrupted payoff. I didn't really see a big way to make proliferate work. So I'm kind of like just writing those cards off you know maybe that will change and we'll end up seeing a deck that is kind of built around those cards and can be actually good but right now those kind of feel like they're you know self-contained mechanics they'll be good and limited maybe they can make a standard deck and i don't really see them for pioneer um i i'm always pretty negative during spoiler season maybe just because i've uh I don't know what that is, but that—that's me. As I can say something bad about every card, usually, uh, is usually the joke I make. But this set, you know, I feel like there's a lot I'm excited for for like EDH cards, but it's like, oh, these just aren't going to be quite what we're looking for in Pioneer. So like, there's power here, but it's not quite in the right places is where I feel like it is so far. So I'm leaning towards a bit of a flop, but uh, hoping that. I changed my mind as we go through some specific
1: cards here. I mean, just to kind of talk about that real quick. You're happy about EDH card. I could care less about anything EDH. I'm sorry. I know that's Ooh. a hot take. Sure,
0: yeah, and and, and I know that that's people, Yeah, It's the enemy. People. It's I, the enemy I, to, uh, I haven't played
1: EDH in like three or four years. Nobody oh, plays it in you. Japan. Nobody plays too. it in Japan. It's so hard to play, and it's like I'm just I can't get excited about that. And I feel like there's they have their their sets, and people have been talking about this on Twitter as well. They have their. Their EDH sets, their commander—you know—decks uh, that they come out with. Put that stuff in there. Give me more pioneer yeah. <laughs> cards. Give me more constructed cards in these in these sets. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for less EDH cards in these new 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 booster packs, or whatever these new sets, and more constructed playable cards. But Ryan, if definitely, if they're not targeting definitely. towards
2: commander, how are they supposed to print Gruul legendaries for Bard class?
1: <laughs> They'll do it somehow. Nature will
2: find a way. Anyway,
0: see, and the other side of that for me is I also don't like them, you know, I'm not going to say don't design for limited, but I hate cards that are like bad outside of limited. So I feel like there's some of that, you know, it's like, okay, half of it's
1: EDH, the other half is limited. And then we get like two constructed cards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. for. Um, but yeah, we like I said last time we talked about like all the mechanics and stuff like that. We covered a lot of cards, so we won't. We probably won't. We'll probably skip those this time. Uh, maybe we'll talk about them in our top five. So we'll see. But but otherwise, I think we're just going to focus on the cards that didn't appear in our last episode.
0: All right, and as always, you know if you know uh, we don't have quite the rules. We're like, oh, if two people say no to a card, we skip it right away. But let, let's try and be focused on cards we think will actually have an yeah. impact because. There's definitely times when it's like, okay, that's a card, but like, does it have a home? Yeah. No, let's move yeah. on. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to start Wooburg Order, so we're going to go jump right into some white cards. Ryan,
1: why don't you lead us off? Um, I'm going to tell you what probably won't see play, and okay. that's Pyrexian <laughs> Vindicator. Um, Vindicator, oh, yeah. uh, it's a cool card, definitely. It's uh, four white pips, and it's a 5-5 flyer. And it says if damage would be dealt to it, it you can prevent that damage. And then uh, if damage prevented that way, if vindicator deals that much damage to any other target, um, there is another card called Boros Reckoner. Let's see zero play in Pioneer. Yes, this has the ability to kind of protect itself against burn, but you know you're just going to get it's going to get fatal push most likely. You're, there's not a lot of people running. Uh, creature-based or damage-based uh, decks like this i don't think that it's gonna see play at all um, maybe if we do eventually get uh, a working mono white devotion deck back or you know maybe if we get something like a blasphemous act uh card back in the next uh, uh innistrad set that we get maybe maybe it'll see play but right now i'm, I'm thinking it's not gonna see play in pioneer but that's my hot take which is fair. Uh, no, I'm, I think that's fair. I'm the yeah. one that put it on
2: the list, and I would like to make an argument for it.
1: Yeah. Um. So,
2: well, something that we've seen exist in the past, which I did bring up with other cards that we've already seen previously spoiled, with Ossification, uh, is the mm-hmm. mono-white uh, deck that existed with, like, Fable and Karn, and it was just a really mid rangey <gasps> uh Yorion pile. And I think that this card is, like, a little bit better in those piles, because it is for white devotion. Uh, another thing that we see with this card is... I think that this card attacks really well into combat because even car- if, it, if it gets blocked by like a Cavalier of Thorns against mono green, you're still able to pressure Planeswalkers effectively by whenever it's taking the damage t- from Cavalier of Thorns, it's able to redirect it at the Karn or at the face. Like it's always just going to be pushing damage, which I think is just super relevant. and It's super unpunishing, if that makes sense. Uh, this one mm-hmm. doesn't get killed by a crone War. Bless up. Sorry, Frexton Abliterator. Um... It just, I, I, think that this card has a lot more potential than and obliterator ever will, because white based devotion strategies are a lot more common than we'll ever see with black based devotion strategies, at least until new cards are spoiled. And I think that that deck might, uh, make this its own. Like, I obviously that deck hasn't done a lot recently. Uh, there's still a lot of exile removal in the format, but I mean, a five five flyer for four with Blasphemous Act text, I think, is something we still have to consider. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely more awkward that, you know, Boros Reckoner, you can play it in red-white. This, it's much harder to. uh, You know, maybe you can find a way to, but I think that at most I'm splashing for something like that you were saying, uh, Fable. Uh, I'm not splashing for like a double red card that's going to be a big sweeper. You know, I'm not splashing for down the House just because I don't think red-red in a white-white-white-white deck is possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, happy to move on from that one. Um, I'm going to talk about a planeswalker here that I like is I think the eternal wanderer has some potential. Uh, You know, I'm a sucker for those like expensive white kind of mid range or control strategies outside of, you know, just blue white. Uh, And I think that this card does a lot for that. You know, we kind of already had that slot in the six mana Elspeth, but I think that this is maybe comparable. So it's six mana, five loyalty no more than one creature can attack the eternal wonder each combat you can plus one to exile an artifact or creature and it doesn't come back until that owner's next end step you can zero to make a two two with double strike or you can minus four and basically choose one creature for each player and each other creature gets sacrificed so um you know it's a sweeper it survives that kind of like the Elspeth does and if you can just you know kind of stop them from being able to attack it this thing is just going to keep getting you value
1: Let me ask you this question. Would you rather play this instead of playing the uh, Elspeth Sun Champion? Easily. Oh my god, easily.
0: I think so, just because Elspeth Sun Champion in this, you know, there's not enough that gets hit by her sweeper mode. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in Standard, when she existed, she was killing things like Siege Rhino and Pelucronos and that was great. Uh, But if, you know, killing all creatures for power or greater misses so many things in the format you know it doesn't hit birds it doesn't hit uh graveyard trespassers like it doesn't hit a lot of the humans deck so that's just kind of awkward for yeah.
2: me uh, i don't want to i don't want to put this one in a vacuum against humans because i think this is a six mana planeswalker against humans with value in their deck already but something i do want to point out with this deck is um it has the minor upside of plus the plus one uh also being able to target your opponent's tokens uh that it is mm-hmm. able to target anything um Something that also I think this card is like really powerful for is on turn on turn six when you do play this, uh, you are able to create a board clear for your for uh, this card, and if you have board parallel like say you have a creature in play as well like let's just say like a Skyclave Apparition or whatever white creatures you want to be playing in your deck, um, you are it's only only one of those creatures are able to attack Eternal Wanderer, and so you, as long, as long as you have a chump blocker, you are able to defend this card for a turn, and then now you're pumping out two twos with double strike. Like you don't need a lot of value on the exile return uh, uptick, because you're just gonna make two twos with double strike, which is pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, I think the play patterns with Yorian is also something to look at with this card. Is you know you come down, you minus down to one. Next turn you zero and make a two two. You play Yorian, blink her back up to five loyalty. She can blink Yorian, who then will blink herself. Mm. You know you just kind of go back and forth with that loop.
2: Yep. And I think we're talking okay. about this card in the same archetype that we were talking about Frexian Vindicator, of it being like a mono white Yorion strategy. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's my turn to pick one. I'm gonna pick. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna pick the card. I'm dubbing Skitter Blossom, uh, but it's called <laughs> Skirlex's Hive. Uh, for one in a white, it's an enchantment that says at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life. But you get to create a Phyrexian, a one one Frexian Might artifact with Toxic one and cannot block, and it has Corrupted. As long as an opponent, uh, has three or more poison counters, creatures you control with toxic have lifelink. So, this card doesn't have an obvious home as of right now, however, something that does create this much value each turn uh, is something to look at. Uh, We don't know if there's going to be any sort of like uh, artifact strategies that come in Mardu with maybe a Mayhem Devil or similar to that, because that's what we're kind of seeing with a lot of these cards, there being like some sort of like aristocrat style with like oil counters. Don't mention that card
1: around Kevin.
2: (laughs) Cards that we'll be talking about (laughs) later. Which card? (laughs)
1: Yeah, Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin banned that word from this, from these types of uh, episodes. No Uh, more aristocrats. Wait, which card, which card? Aristocrats. Oh, Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 only Ryan, only Ryan's not allowed to, I just said you're not allowed to do aristocrat. You know, it's, it's the, uh, the Millhouse meme or whatever, like, this is the fifth time this week you've brought me
2: uh, aristocrats. Yeah, no, like, (laughs) some sort of, like, sacrifice strategy with the artifact synergy, or even just, like, a creature strategy. Uh, and i do think there's a lot of cards or sorry there's a lot of uh creature or there's a lot of um decks that can't really beat this type of value where we're just creating a one one each turn um i don't know i think it's just something to look at as like an option for cyborg cards or some maybe there's something that i'm not thinking about with this card but i do think this card has raw potential so that's why i personally put it on the list
1: okay yeah i like it um i think these slow decks there's there's so many cards out there now for them. They haven't materialized, but I I definitely think we have the critical mass now to put it together. And it's just going to take some brave soul losing time and time again to optimize the deck, you know, to get it going.
0: Hmm. I'm a doubter right now. I I just feel like it's so slow. And the fact that it can't block takes away a lot of what made Bitter Blossom feel really good for me. Like, I I just feel like, you know, your opponent plays a turn one Elvish Mystic, and you're like, turn two, I'm going to get this Skrelv's Hive down, and then turn three, I'll have a 1-1. Like, I I just don't. And then turn four, I'm attacking with it. Like, it it feels very, very
1: slow to me. you could play just, like, enchantment-based tokens. You know, you got the Legion's Landing at one, this at two, along with the... um... The black white you got one, a
0: Dread Horde Invasion, or whatever it that, is. Like, yeah, th- yeah, that's what this card feels like to me. And that
1: card, I don't. I, I was very excited about and yeah. played that's out not very poorly. good. That makes only one body, and it just keeps making it bigger. Whereas this makes many bodies, mm-hmm. so you just have a lot go more wide stretch. wide, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, also on, on thirty, you have uh, yeah. what wedding ceremony. So I mean, you get all these enchantments that make bodies. You don't have to really overly commit, um, you know, to to the board, and they kind of replenish themselves well. Later on he just the wedding c-
0: wedding ceremony I get more excited about. That's a kinda cool one.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm I, I I think
2: Ash got something here. I think there might be something here that I'm just not thinking about, and that's why we talk about these cards so that our brave viewers yeah. that are thinking about their little <laughs> pet decks can like figure it out. Maybe yeah. I sparked something in their brain. Um I
1: think I mean, Kevin, there's, like, what, one more card maybe we should talk I'll shout
0: out. I'll shout out Swooping Lookout here. I think that it's a one-mana artifact creature is why that's important. You know, it's a 1-2 Flying Vigilance for one mana. is kind of cool. But the, just the fact that it's an artifact creature, yeah. I think that, you know, you throw a
2: uh, an Insola on this exactly. and it's pretty nasty. 5-5. Five, five. Are you just getting in damage? Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, turn one Ornithopter, or sorry, zero Ornithopter and Swooping Lookout. You got two creatures, and then you have an ability to make them a 5-5. Five, five. Heck, Yeah. I mean, it, that deck always kind of needed better, you know, one drops, more evasion and stuff like that. And I think this will possibly help the deck. But again, because of Karn, you probably can't attack, right? Activated yeah. abilities? No, that's not attack. Lands. That's not an activated yeah. ability. Okay.
0: I, I just think that, you know, if that deck wants to be less all in, you know, that deck often had a problem where, like, you know, you're playing Shrapnel Blast, yeah. which is card disadvantage. You're playing in Soul, which is card disadvantage. And it was very easy to one for one and then have it lose. Yeah. Um, if something like this can replace an Ornithopter, that's improving your card quality you know, at the cost of a little bit of speed, mm-hmm.
1: but I think that it's worth it. Um, Do we want to move on to blue? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I'm not going to talk a lot about blue, so let me just talk about this last white card that I think is probably the only one that's... One of the only good ones from the cycle uh, of the uh, the White Sun, the Sun cycle, I should say. White Sun's Twilight, I think, could be playable in control. Maybe not in blue-white control, but some other type of control. It's X, white-and-white, and white uh sorcery you gain x life and then create x one one colorless creature uh phyrexian might artifact creatures with toxic one and uh like you said they can't block and uh if x is five or more you get to destroy all other creatures so it gives you kind of a finisher of sorts you gain life i think just the, the three abilities i think some of the other ones only have like two but this has three and i think they're all very very relevant
2: Mm. Mm. this gives me um for me i was just this yeah, gives me ahead. Marshall koopa vibes which is just a card from conflux yeah like, kind of says exactly this but it made humans and so then didn't gain life and like that card never saw play in standard but commander players ate it up so ryan i have bad news for you
0: <laughs> could he might be a commander once? player it's a commander card.
1: <laughs> no i'm a timmy i'm a timmy
0: yeah perfect yeah, so yeah for me I, I think i was just doing the math in this card i was like okay how do i feel good about casting this for four gaining two life and making two one ones no do i feel good about it at five no six no like i i don't feel good unless if i'm getting the destroy all creatures mode and that's a lot of mana I, you know i'm not putting a seven drop in my decks so
2: <laughs> fine well, we got blue cards to talk about and i think those yeah. might be more exciting blue, cards. blue card that i'm personally really excited about for my own bad bruise is going to be ichor moon gauntlet So this one's two and a blue for an artifact that says Planeswalkers you control have zero proliferate. Uh, So they get to like start proliferating themselves or whatever. And they also have minus 12. Take an extra turn after this one. And then it also says whenever you cast a non-creature spell, choose a counter on target permanent. Put an additional counter on that permanent. Now, something that I've personally been brewing with a lot recently before this set came out in excitement for it. Is a deck that uh, used to see a lot of play in Standard, a little bit of play in Pioneer, like forever ago. Um, It's called it's Salty Ultimatum, uh, that pile. And I've been thinking about this Mm. card in that pile, and something that I think a Hmm. cool interaction that happens is like Sagas being able to take them up, or if you go turn three, Narset Parter avails, and just you would draw two cards off of it over time. And then you'd be able to proliferate so they get more value, eke it out. I do understand that this card is so unbelievably slow. But I do think that with a certain shell that I haven't figured out yet, I am waiting until I can get access to these cards to actually play them before I call it dog or I call it good. But I do think that there might be something here. It's something that I'm trying to consider. It's something I'm going to play with. Uh, I do think the ability to be able to just proliferate your Planeswalkers or just even like whenever you're casting instants and sorceries to try to stay alive to eke out more value to threaten your Planeswalkers more to end the game quicker is just kind of why I want this card. But I'm so ready to get roasted about it. Give it to me.
0: No, uh, I think I think it's a little bit of validity. I definitely think, you know, Narset is the biggest thing that could take advantage of this. I'm probably more cautiously optimistic about this for standard as far as like a bant planeswalkers kind of deck you know i was messing around a lot with the uh what was the um the three color or the ascendancy that was broker's ascendancy. Uh, i don't remember broker's ascendancy you know i thought that there was a little bit of potential with that kind of deck uh you know we can throw this new white planeswalker we were just talking about in there uh but you know, at, at three mana i think that this is at a nice spot where the corrupted Tamiyo can bring this back from the graveyard, oh. you know, as a copy of it, and that would be pretty good. It also at three mana could be hit with the five mana Elspeth, the one that looks at like the top seven cards and could grab this, uh, including putting a shield on it for whatever reason. And I think that you know those cards being at just kind of the right mana cost, there, I think there's a little bit of potential there. I love you know Planeswalker strategies. Uh, definitely excited for this, but I'm kind of cautious that
2: it'll actually be good. Yeah, I do think it is infinitely slow, but uh, it it has so <laughs> much text, and I can just see this card eking out a lot of value. And, like, threatening Planeswalker ultimates that already exist in the format, uh, that already would see play in, like, these kind of strategies, that would be, like, uh, your 5-mana Theros Ashiok, that would be, like, even Narset just getting more value, just even being able to draw an additional card off of Narset or Impulse additional card is just so powerful. And I, I don't know, I think this card has a lot of text and a lot of things you have to worry about.
0: Any, any yeah, like, blue honestly, card. there could just be something with that uh, with the second ability that could go infinite, even ignoring the Planeswalker part.
1: Any any blue card that says take an extra turn out, I, I automatically hate. I, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> if, if my Narset got to minus 12, I think you did something wrong.
1: Yeah. But it's not Narset I'm worried about. It's, there's other ones that will get to 12. Like the quicker. Teferi that can go up twice. Oh, yeah. Play it at instant speed and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. he's got what plus two plus two yeah no thank you
2: well there is plenty of other blue cards is there one you want to talk about there kevin
0: uh sure i'll jump in with one is mercurial spell dancer is a card that i want to test with uh i think that it has some potential to be very strong actually this is it's two mana two one that can't be blocked it's a firexian rogue and i think the rogue text there could be relevant uh whenever it Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you put an oil counter on it, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you can remove two oil counters. And if you do, your next instant or sorcery spell this turn gets copied. Um So I think that you could reasonably play this in just like a blue mid-range deck, or maybe a blue rogues deck. Uh, you know, it's gonna get in for damage. It's gonna pretty easily grow. Like, I feel like your opponent has to deal with this pretty quickly, or you will get an extra, you know, even just an extra fatal push, or like. If you're going rogues and extra into the story, draw eight cards. Like, seems like there's some potential with this card. It's one that I'm excited about that I think has a high upside and could be a sleeper from this set.
2: Yeah, I think this might be the um, ledger shredder of the set where it has a lot of the mechanics that we're really used to with the set and we didn't really know how to judge them. And like, for for me personally, oil counters seemed very poopy, to put it best. Mm, Uh, Like, not a lot of the cards really (laughs) impressed me. So I kind of like let off the mechanics. Same with connive. I thought connive was like kind of bad, but turns out it was really good with ledger shredder. And that's the kind of vibe I'm getting with this. And I, I think that even just this card and like, think of it this way, right? We, we play this card on two, we go consider, consider, or whatever we were casting which these like small blue cantrips and just even copying treasure cruise. Oh my God. In, in, in. You might in. be able to
0: copy a treasure cruise turn three.
2: In. I would love to. I would love to draw six, and I know Ryan loves drawing six cards. I know how much he loves blue draw spells.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking about how to beat you guys. <laughs> I'm I'm the resistance. Honestly, yeah. What if we
0: just throw this into Phoenix? You know, like fire off a couple of lightning axes, and then you know, copy a uh, take an extra turn spell.
2: Yeah, that seems pretty good. Now, I don't think, I do think it has the problem where it's not very good at putting Phoenixes in the bin, which kind of ledger shredder was able okay. To do. That's fair, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I could see this like maybe being in a more like a mid rangey style, like maybe with like some more prowess cards or maybe some hmm. more. Um, because we saw is that prowess have a little bit of like vacancy in the format for a bit, but sadly it died off really quickly,
0: okay. Oh, why don't we move on, Ryan? Did you have any blue that you did want to pick? Otherwise, uh, we can jump. I down mean, I, I to, put uh, some
1: put R- some stuff on there just because. Yeah, I didn't see it on there, and I again, I have no idea how to actually rate blue cards, but I thought it seemed okay. And one of those cards was experimental augury for one in a blue. It's instant. It's basically anticipate. You look at the top three cards of your library and put one of them into your hand the rest of the bottom of your library and then you proliferate and i think you know a lot of cards or a lot of blue decks i'm guessing are probably playing like the impulse or something that digs a little bit deeper gives you a little bit more card advantage but i think certain decks will want the proliferate option like you said like a narset or something like that to be able to get another counter on her to be able to use another activation or some some other blue card some other planeswalker you're playing in that deck um, you know, just to, to keep them going to get to get that that extra ability for the next turn. So I think this could see play. I think this could be a, a role player in one of those types of decks.
0: Now, I think that's a perfectly valid card to pick as a good blue card. Like Honestly, this is probably one of the stronger strongest comments from the set. You know, when it's when I saw it spoiled, I was really impressed. Anticipate. It has gotten, you know, overpowered in Pioneer, but it it's a card that saw non-zero play during the history of Pioneer's existence. And this is Anticipate plus Proliferate, mm. just a free Proliferate on top of there. Like I could see, you know, if you guys know me, I kind of hate the card Opt in like blue-white control, mm-hmm. blue-black control, that kind of thing. If I'm playing a uh, blue-white control deck with, you know, multiple Planeswalkers and I've got a random experimental augury, I don't hate that. I feel like that's a reasonable card to play in that archetype.
2: I sadly don't. I think this got outclassed by Behold the Multiverse, and I I, I put it on par. If anything, is mm. like, the card to beat is in uh, Behold the Multiverse for, like, these draw card spells. And I don't think this one Is that one the Fortel? That's the Fortel one. That's the one that kind of cheats on mana, but it cheats on mana in such an yeah. efficient way to where, like, oh, I guess I won't hold up Sensor on turn two. Like, who cares? And then you just kind of... Okay, okay.
0: I've got a... I've got an even worse answer here. Okay, so... I'm going to look at the top three cards, and I'm going to put my, um, oh, shoot, what is it? What is it even called? My uh, reactor core. What is it? I
2: don't know what you're talking about.
0: And then I'm going to add an energy to myself. And the Aetherworks Marvel? (laughs) With proliferate. Yeah, there we go. Aetherworks Marvel. I'm going to find my Aetherworks Marvel and add an energy to myself with proliferate. Exactly.
2: Aetherworks Marvel. You win. (laughs) You win. Yeah. Uh, But I think that's it for blue cards that we want to talk about. Is there any other ones you want to talk about? Or
0: that's you know i've seen people excited about jace and i haven't seen the Mm -hmm. hype so i kind of want to just talk about it and see what you guys have thought you know it can be a three mana planeswalker or a four mana it's either three or five loyalty you know two life if you're doing the cheaper one uh plus one to give a creature minus three until your next you know minus three minus zero till your next turn minus two to mill three and draw a card or you can draw three if a player has 20 or more cards in their graveyard uh and minus x to mill three times x cards to somebody like I'm assuming you're self milling with this, but I just don't quite get the. I don't hype. even
2: think you're self milling with. It. I think I think people just remember that the card Fraying Sanity exists in the format, and they're like, okay, so we're gonna build mill. It's gonna be mono blue, huh. and what we're gonna do is we're gonna cast turn three Fraying Sanity, and then turn four we're gonna cast Jace, and then mill them for thirty. Done. And I, I don't well, think get the that's ever gonna be. Crab, right? Yeah, we, oh, we ruin crab. I believe it is for the. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you just kind of like have that as an ability. I think at any point, if you're upticking to keep this thing alive, which is give it something minus 3 minus 0, yeah, it's not in a good spot. This card, I, I, just there's so many windows where I just don't see this card ever being good. And like, sure, if I die to my opponent milling me for 30, you know what? He won't earn it more. Sure. He's playing mill. He won't earn it more. But I just, I can't see this card. I can't get excited about this card. I can't even get excited about it being like a self-mill card
0: about how much mill do you need to kill somebody just thinking like if you know if you play this on turn three and just uptick every turn and shut down a creature you need to get to like 15 yeah like 10 turns later maybe you'd have a lethal yeah. mill yeah it's I three don't really times it. right so okay.
2: like that's where it, like if you just cast this on turn four it's mill 13 or 15 sorry so like sure like i think on average you need about 45 cards to mill your opponent, assuming sixty-card deck, yeah, that's probably about, about right. There. And I, I just don't think that's even like reasonable because you're playing a turn three fraying sanity, and that card is just infinitely win more anyway. And I've never seen three mana do nothing do well in a format. So,
1: okay, let's go on to black cards. Sure. I mean, I did, I did want to say that it's cool that they reprinted Thrumming Bird, but I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, there is a, a, on a creature.
2: there's already Thrumming Bird that exists in the format with Grateful Apparition. It's exactly the same card but in white.
1: Ooh, is that from War of the Spark?
2: It is from War of the Spark. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know what isn't from War of the Spark? The card that I want to talk about. The card that I want to talk Go. about okay, is Vat sure. of Rebirth. Uh, so it's a one mana artifact, one black, uh, that says whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put an oil counter on Vat of Rebirth. Two in a black, tap it, remove four oil counters from Vat of Rebirth, return target creature card from, the gra- from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate only as a sorcery. Now, I have every single way and idea of putting oil counters on it, I just don't know what the best thing to reanimate is in the format, I'm not really sure yet. Um, so the things that I want to be doing with this card is I want to be putting a cat and an oven in my deck, and I want to Mm -hmm. continuously sack both of those cards to get value out of cat or out of vat of rebirth. And then at some point, maybe even reanimating, like, I think maybe even reanimating like a a mayhem devil is just worth it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think so. Cause you don't have to sacrifice this. So you can bring back a mayhem devil and be threatening to do it again in a turn or two. And that, that seems fine to me. Maybe you could say Corvold would be the other big card Mm -hmm. in that, you know, archetype. Uh, but I'm with you. I want to try this. Card I haven't out. seen it...
2: Corvolden in forever, but yeah, no, Corvold actually sounds quite great.
1: Isn't that Red Card um, from Was It Nuka Penna, That does he get exiled when he dies? And you put the exile top card of your library, and you get to play it till your next turn. Oh, unlucky way. Does he go to?
2: I think. Are you talking about unlucky? Does witness? he get exiled? No, he does not. Uh, maybe it's
0: the red uh, one. The streets of Nuka Penna, You like sac... when it dies. You like
1: look at the top two, and you get to play one. Your next turn. Yeah, so. Like bringing him yeah. back might not be bad either. Mm
0: -mm. oh i mean sure that's a one drop you're bringing back i think we can get, but it's still but i mean there's a lot
1: of value it 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 gets you it gets you to the end game it gives you more of an end game i should say yeah i like it i like it i think it definitely see some play and um it could i'm worried about temporary lockdown but yeah uh, i think that
0: this is a card i want to try i'm excited about that temporary
1: lockdown was gonna screw over that deck anyway
2: so we play the magical (laughs) game of hope to god we don't see it (laughs)
1: Can I okay, okay? Can I mention a card that I think kind of goes along with the whole sacrifice mechanic as well? I would love. It. Please, yeah, let's go. So with a So I uh, added in Annihilating Glare, which is a uh, one black mana sorcery, and in addition to play this spell, you have to pay four or sacrifice an artifact or creature, and it's destroyed target creature or planeswalker. Again, during um what was it uh, War of the Spark? They had a similar one. It was like you had to pay three uh, or sacrifice a creature oh, gosh. to uh, to destroy a creature or or planeswalker. And, uh, this is a little bit better, I think, because it has that artifact, um, that artifact clause. So now you can play this in something like, uh, for example, um, uh, anvil, you know, for example, it has a lot of, uh, of artifacts in there and then you can kill that carn that's stopping you from using the anvil. I'm guessing you'd be able to do that, right?
0: Yeah. I I think the, well, yes. I I think my only issue, uh, that is interesting, the fact that I didn't think about it in that the Anvil deck is already going to have problems with Karn. This hitting a Planeswalker is important. But I think that the other one, Exiled, which is probably slightly more important as well. Destroy Planeswalker. I think there was a Destroy version and then we got a better version. I think it's
2: exactly Bone Splinters, but with Exile. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. But I do think the fact that you're able to sacrifice an artifact, which the Anvil deck, makes a lot of is a lot more relevant for for that deck especially so i think maybe this is a really good consideration for that deck however again we're gonna have to see if car the great is the big baddie of the format and temporary lockdown of the format keeping these cards in check so we're gonna have tons of bodies though well it's it's a we'll see i i understand where you're coming from it and i i'm not overly sold on it but if it did show up wouldn't surprise me
1: okay well, that was my card. Uh, can, Kevin, are you next I'm going to quickly shout out a couple of
0: other sacrifice cards because I think there's a couple of interesting ones. Is Drivnod, Carnage, Dominus. We haven't talked about any of these Dominuses yet, but they all have a Phyrexian ability that gives them an indestructible counter. Uh, this one's like a 5-mana 8-3 that can pay 2 Phyrexian black to exile 3 creature cards from your graveyard and give it an indestructible counter. And it also, when a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, it triggers an additional time um theoretically that could work really well in some of these sacrifice type decks you know I-, I guess you know just thinking about it that wouldn't trigger mayhem devil again and it wouldn't trigger cat oven again so maybe that's actually not that good but it would trigger like stitcher supplier I well. mm-hmm. stitcher supplier yeah some cool things there i also want to give a shout out to vran executioner thane i think this card got written off because people really don't like the this ability triggers only once each turn text uh, but it's whatever another creature you control die, each opponent loses two life. You gain two life, so it's a double aristocrat, yeah.
1: and it's a two-two it's, body. It's incremental value. Not,
0: yeah, I think that you know, if you've got a value. cat oven and you sack it on your turn and their turn and drain them for four, that's just so much better yeah. than putting like a you know Zulaport Cutthroat in your deck. I think that there there is potential that this is just a strong enough um aristocrat that it could see play
2: mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree for that we just have to hope that the aristocrats or the anvil strategy does see play again however it's been so long yeah it. it has been yeah but i will say shout out to the eight three you know i think that card's actually like kind of <laughs> sick i think out of all of the dominuses or whatever you want to call them this is the most playable one for pioneer uh, cuz i think the blue one proliferates the white one makes tokens the red one doubles damage which maybe sure but the uh,
0: <laughs> the red one only doubles non non-creature creature damage. damage though so i feel like it f- it really falls short
2: of what torbrand yeah, yeah. can do this and in then i think slot. the other one doubles power or something i don't know the green one the green yeah, one it's, it's unnatural do. growth uh, but... <laughs> however the card that i do want to talk about cuz i do think it's actually kind of sick is veraska betrayal sting uh so for mm. four yes. black and a fraxian cuz this is one of the completed walkers it comes. It originally starts at six, but it can come in at four. Uh, its zero ability is you draw a card, you lose one life, and you proliferate. It's minus two, turns something into a treasure. Uh, oh, sorry, target creature into a treasure, uh, and then it's minus nine. Is if target player has fewer than nine poison counters, they get a number of different uh, poison counters equal to the difference. So it just sets them at nine poison. I don't think that ability is too too impressive for what it's worth, but maybe you can just kill them with a hmm. with a zero ability, which is kind of funny uh but i I, the reason i really like this card is because we have another card that just has a zero proliferate ability and if you have a certain amount of these cards they they just like have to start stacking up and start like doing absurd things like if we have the artifact that we talked about earlier where it's a zero proliferate uh with like a narset in play we can like start double proliferating our planeswalkers and our counters and our sagas try to move through them to get value quicker and I, I can just see a lot of these cards getting incremental value starting to um, just, like, go p- far past the entire format, if that makes sense. Like, uh, eventually when you're, like, proliferating three times in a turn, you eventually gotta win the game, right? Like, there has to be some sort of way where we can get incremental value enough to just drown our opponent out in resources.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's fair. I think I like this card in two places. I like that it can be a you know planeswalker super friends engine uh you know i love i've got like a marty super friends deck that's not any good but i'm gonna try this card in there uh the other place that i like it is in the like sultai ultimatum deck that we were talking about uh how this works with vorinclex is that this will enter with 12 loyalty if vorinclex is in play and you give someone nine poison counters that gives them 18 poison counters nice. so it's an automatic kill with vorinclex nice um what i'm not as excited about is this card as a like value card i think some people have been like oh you know this is a good planeswalker just to play as a five mana walker and this is worse than obnixos reignited which is a card that has not seen play in a long long time uh you know this has a worse plus basically this has a worse minus because his just kills a creature this one gives them a treasure in exchange and then both of their ultimates you know win the game basically so I think that people forgot how uh, not playable Obnixilus Reignited is, and we're maybe overhyping this card a little bit. See, I,
2: I like that. Yeah. I disagree with you on the ability of the ability of it being better. It, or, sorry, uh, uh, strictly better on the zero. I do think the fact that it does say proliferate means that it can help with other things as well, and not just being a plus one. I think Obnixilus is a plus one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, it is a plus one. You, you draw cards. You're still life. able to like get value off of other cards that you do already have in play. Which is where I see the more of the value of that card being better than Obstacles, but I do agree that it's minus. It's minus is worse, infinitely worse.
1: I I just want to say that it's cool that you can build an Oops All Vraska deck now, and they she has some really good ultimates to be she honest. Does. Like the Queen Golgari Queen was like get into one or something like that, and then like the yeah the Ravnica one was. uh like I think you put a, an assassin um, in into play, and if it deals damage, they lose the game or something I think like they that. They got an emblem that right? if they take damage, they lose the game. I think that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So I I think it's cool. I mean, it's it's a build around. It's a fun card. I don't think the rock is in uh, Pioneer yet, but it's cool. definitely getting it closer. One day closer to Siege Now that's all we care about. Yeah. The
0: proliferate's uh, definitely
2: good for the, like I said, the ultimate. Okay,
0: let's keep going on black cards, I think.
2: Uh, Um, A card that I want to cover quickly, uh, if I can, uh, Frexian Arena. Uh, We're getting it reprinted in a Pioneer. Let's go. Um, I think it's also just now in Modern now. But that uh, doesn't matter about Modern. Modern, Poopoo, Pioneer, best format. Um, Frexian Hmm. Arena, uh, so for three mana, it's an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card and lose one life. Um, Where I see this is uh, there's a mono black deck that's running around that uh is a little bit more of like a, a racquetist killer is what they called it uh you play like four invoke despair you play um oh, a yeah. bunch of these other cards like shieldred and all the good black cards and they were currently running a play set of sign and blood and i i mm. have a hard time believing that it's not going to get upgraded to frex in arena because now you get to draw a card every turn whoa every turn and it's more cards which that deck needs
1: do we have like Undercity yeah. Dreams or something like that as well from Ravnica?
0: Undercity Connections, Connection. yeah. That that was another option. That one was mostly being played for the loyalty, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this more is competing with like some of the four mana planeswalkers. Mean... But I do think that it could hit a sweet spot where it's playable. Yeah. You mean Devotion, that loyalty? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a cute, it's a cute upgrade for some cards. I don't, there's nothing other I want to add to it. Like maybe some decks will run it, maybe some cards will test it, but it's cute.
1: Um, Mike, can I choose the next one? Go is for that okay? it. Yeah, shout sure, yeah. sure, out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't add this. I'm sorry if I'm stealing your card. Our Arc Fiend no, the Dross, I think is really cool to six six, two and a black, flyer. And when it enters the battlefield you get four oil counters, you remove one of those each upkeep. Um, and then if you have zero on your uh on him, then you lose the game. So you have to basically kill your opponent in uh four turns. Actually three turns once he comes into play. Three attacks, yeah, yeah three which attacks. does 16. <laughs> uh, it 18. would do 18, yes. But the the yeah. cool ability is that whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, it control, its controller loses two life. So if you're bringing this in you have something like, um, what is it called, the Meat Hook Massacre and some other fun stuff like that, then you can really, really put the pain on your opponent quickly. And I think that's a cool way, against creature decks at least. And, I mean, this would also be a good cyborg card against Sacrifice maybe. Uh, yeah
0: Ooh, wait a minute wait a minute am i g- going back to our uh that deck that makes creatures for your opponents <laughs> yeah the
1: dousing dagger yeah. dousing
0: dagger or we've got the uh that one that flips into something of the hirobi oh, gosh i know
2: what you're talking about a crow and a remember. horse as well
0: uh I-, I had put this card on here because this is um redundancy for you know you take take three counters off of it and then you hand it to your opponent and they lose the game mm-hmm. um but i do think that it is also a reasonable beater like if i'm just playing this and maybe demonic pact as strong cards it's not hard to kill your opponent like yeah. that
2: not hard but i think the hardest part is giving this to your opponent and you're yeah and if you're yeah. playing and, you know creature so yeah
0: as a creature maybe that's a little bit easier but i think that it probably also isn't that hard to get rid of it
2: yourself in black if you want yeah, to. Yeah. You have self-sacrifice strategies and similar. Like maybe we're playing this annihilating glare, sacrificing our archfiend. That that yeah. is a possibility. But I, I've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of these like four mana six six black cards that just have so much text on them, but a huge drawback, and you kind of like try to balance it. Like the one that comes to mind of like that was like most popular is like Desecration Demon from Ravnica. Mm-hmm. And That's a throwback, but. <sighs> i just can't get excited about these cards anymore we've seen we've seen so many that were so exciting for so long and now they're dog and so we can't be excited yeah. about them anymore so i personally just write this card off
1: um geez i mean i know you guys probably don't want to talk about it we should probably just move on to, to red but um gath thane of contract, contracts also uh i have seen i've seen caverick seen some play which gives minus one i think minus one to all your opponents creatures this does yeah, care care is all creatures all this creatures. one's minus one minus one to all your creatures uh, other or creatures. Your, all your other creatures not only yours everybody's other creatures oh so you control okay never mind never mind yeah so
0: this one's just a
1: downside never mind.
0: you know like we're not playing as far as like it, what it's there for is it's reanimated yeah. you can pay three tap it to bring a creature back uh not that is all
1: creatures never mind
0: but really I just good. don't think that it gives you enough value to be worth it. I- I'll sh- quickly shout out Sheldrold's Edict, you know, being a slightly better Edict than what we have, but I don't think there's really a home that nope, wants it. Unless if there's a, you know, it- it's a nice card to have in the set, You need to have in the format in case something shows up where there's like um, you know, if something like the, what- what's the deck that brings back uh, Soul Flayer, you know, yep. shows up. Having a better edict in the format could be nice if that deck becomes popular. It, it's not currently, so I don't think that this is a going to see play. But I think it's
2: a nice card to have. Uh, I, I'm going to quickly do the the quick shout out thing because we see Claudio playing some care. Uh, it's the it's the five mana cat from Almond Cat that summons two one one tokens. We can just get rid of the on yeah. Cat with this card. I just want to say, Claudio, I got you covered. I got you covered with your support. <laughs> <Lord, okay. laughs> Regal, crackle That something? one. Regal that one, that one. Okay. But moving yeah. on to red, okay. uh, I know I'm pretty excited about cacophony scamp for the uh, hammer deck, but you know what? You mm. should take it away because you're the hammer guy. I Oh see, I was gonna say okay, go Who's ahead, the hammer go guy, ahead. am I the hammer guy? Uh, no no, I thought I thought I thought uh, Kevin was the one that was Kevin excited about all the guy? hammer guy cards.
0: I'm a little bit. Oh, I was excited, excited about the one drops. You know, I, I didn't get to talk much in black, so I'm going to talk a little bit in red. Is that I like all of the red one drops. So I'm gonna <laughs> let, let, maybe we're gonna go one at a time, but I want to shout yeah. them out here if that's where we can start. Is cacophony scamp? Yeah, the one mana firex and goblin warrior one one. When it deals damage to a player, you sacrifice. You may sacrifice it if you do proliferate, and when it dies, you deals damage to equals power to any target. Yes, there is a combo here with hammer. You can go. You know, turn one scamp, turn two. Uh, aid Sigarda's aid and a hammer put it on this swing for 11 sacrifice it deal them 11 that that's a turn two kill that deck already cared about warriors it already killed cared about um you know it was already in the right colors i feel like this will have an obvious home to slot into and that could become a real deck now
2: yeah uh I'm, i like it this is all super dependent as on whether or not hammer exists and I, I'm leaning yeah. towards it not existing, but I mean, if it does, I think this is what makes it like now playable, this card, this is, this is the card that will be busted. in it.
1: Yeah. They had the other one that was like a one, two with haste if it's equipped that, and it's a warrior, which is really good because you can use resolute strike on it. Still get another plus two, but. Mm-hmm. And attach the equipment. Yeah. is the more important part of the resolute strike. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, what's another red so, yeah, one drop? I, it's possible
0: so there's two more actually one of them i thought we we actually saw a leak of this very early but it was saw blade saw blade scamp is a one mana one one with haste it's a phyrexian beast whenever you cast a non-creature spell you put an oil counter on it it can tap to deal a damage to each opponent by removing an oil counter i think this card's actually really good um just because of what the red deck wants to do is that you know this will attack for one on turn one that's nice that's important but this will always set up your uh Man, I'm not the stage. being able to remember mechanics. We're playing late. Yeah, you're light up the stage, your uh your three damage, screw the critics. Yeah. Uh just the fact that it can immediately turn those on later in the game, as well as, you know, later on in the game, this is an unblockable source of damage. It will make things, you know, it will give you reach in that red deck. I feel like it's doing things that the deck already wants. Um I don't know if it'll replace the new Phoenix we got, but I feel like this should be able to find a
1: home. I, mean, I do like burn. what this
0: can do for that deck. Because is
1: when you cast a non-creature spell... You put an oil counter, so I would say more of a burn, uh, burn centric, uh, red deck would want this.
0: Yeah, I, I just really like the fact that you can do this pre combat because you have prowess creatures and being able to get your spectacle before mm-hmm. combat
1: is going to be really good with those cards. I had a super janky deck I used to used to play in mono red with uh, the film king or sorry the the kiln fiend uh, that puts counters. Is this a calamity of? It's it, ha, it plays the six mana Chandra 6-6 six, six, that whenever you oh, deal no. non-combat damage, you can deal damage to... or So whenever you do combat yeah, damage to a player, there. you can deal... T- t- yeah, I had that in there as well. And I had, um, what was it, the zero three 3 from uh, Shadows of Innistrad, the... Thermo Alchemist. Thermo Alchemist, yeah, Alchemist, yes. Whenever you play... Thing- Ooh, yes. How do play I just this, know all of play these cards? That. No.
0: Yes. I'm not going into Thermal Alchemist. I'm saying this goes in the existing Mono Red deck that has, you, Critics that has Light up the Stage. You're welcome to, yes. yes. And maybe this fits in there, but I see this as a reasonable one-drop for that deck that will give it reach and the ability to turn on okay. Spectacle later in the game. You okay.
2: want to know what I think the most reasonable one-drop you've mentioned thus far is? This next one you're about to talk about.
0: Which one? Okay, Uh, I'll read this last one too. Vindictive Flamestoker is another one. One mana, Phyrexian Wizard. It's a one-two, which is great stats. Um, Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you put an oil counter on it, and you can pay a red and six to discard your hand and draw four cards, sacrificing it, but it costs one less for each oil counter you have. So if you've cast, you know, three, then it costs, you know, if it's got three oil counters from casting non-creature spells, then it costs four to activate. If you've done six, it costs only one red mana, and you draw four cards. Uh, I like it a lot more than I like Bomac Courier. Mm-hmm.
2: I like it a, a lot less that I like Bomac Courier because it's not an artifact and the only way we ever saw uh, Bomac Courier see play was with it being an artifact, but
0: I get that. <laughs> now Bomac Courier saw play in Mono Red and I always hated it. No, there. that's <laughs> right. I also
2: hated it there too, but I think the fact that it was an artifact was just kind of like why it was seeing play at all. And I, I, maybe this yeah, card sees yeah. play. I think this one's like kind of cute. I can kind of see why I would see play because obviously it's like a lot more impactful on the turns that you play it. Um, it, but, but you just need the fact that I'm not able to just like do what Bomat Carrier does with just like play it, play it pre-combat, attack, cycle itself to draw a card. I have to pay seven mana or have it already exist on turn one to set it up. Like you need so much more setup than Bomat mm. for this card. Bomat's just like, I right, I'm ready to go. And this card needs so much more rest
1: time. Uh, yeah. So the other one drop, are you going to talk about that too, or? There is another one draw. Uh
0: the other one mana spell here is Gleeful Dem- Demolition, if that's what you're talking yeah. about. Very interesting card that I'm waiting to hear what you guys think about. It's one mana red it's one red for destroyed target artifact. And if you control that artifact, you create three one one red goblin creature tokens. Yeah, I- can we
1: put this in a tarka red? Could we? I
0: don't
2: think we <sighs> could. What are we destroying? That's my question with this card is water. The- that's- that's yeah, also
0: what is our what are we destroying? Bone Courier?
2: Eh. Oh. Like- Maybe. Uh, I, put the, I personally put this card on the list because I thought this card only gets more powerful. So we have to talk about it. Because there'll be more artifacts that are printed. Maybe we see an Icar Wellspring in the next set. And I think this with Icar Wellspring is something that could reasonably see play. However, we haven't seen anything like this in forever. We had Cadolfo's Rebirth, which is this is the throwback to. Uh, mm-hmm. I just... I, I can't get too excited about this card, but uh, it does something really powerful really quickly. And...
0: How about the uh, the creativity decks? Are there any artifacts those decks want to destroy on the other side? Because then it could be a, you know, make three tokens or it's a hate Graf-digger card stage. for, yeah, or the card
2: we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I believe. I think I remember the text on that card.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, I remember the text on that card. So Kevin, since you talked about all the one drops, can I talk about all the yes. uh, equipment-based cards?
0: Uh sure, yeah, <laughs> if that's okay. I put one of them on here, so I'm interested to see what you what you're yeah, going to say. I got two on of it.
1: them actually, and I, I think both of them are playable. The first one is Rebel Salvo. So if the, if this hammer deck is real, you know we're going to be playing some some equipment in there. Uh, Rebel Salvo is a two mana and red instant, but it has affinity for equipment for so each one that you uh, you cast or each one that you have in play it costs one less to cast which like we were talking about affinity for equipment last time um in the in the last episode i think this could really really uh, become good you know if not in this set at least in the next few sets but this does five damage to target creature or planeswalker and that permit loses indestructible this turn and that's really great on rates i think being able to you know you only need like a, a hammer and like one other thing and it's it's basically a no drawback. Um, it's a no drawback uh, lightning axe, mm-hmm. with that, which I think is yeah. really cool. Uh, and the other card is barbed batter fist, which is a one in a red common artifact equipment. It has four mirrodin so it puts a two two body into play when you when it comes into the battlefield. Uh, equipped creature gets plus one minus 1 so it's basically a 3 1 when you play it but it only has a equip one as well so i like all these i like the big body that it comes with i like the cheap way to equip it which could be totally free on a card like the uh, the knight from from eldraine um yeah but it kills him never mind
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I put i put yeah. Batterfist on here and i didn't think that anyone cuz i thought i was going to be the only one who wanted to talk about this card is um hey guys it's Skullclan. yeah i was about to say yeah. we came
2: a real car far away from skull clan
0: Well, okay, there are cards that... There have been plenty of cards printed that are in Pioneer that either draw you a card when an equipped creature dies or return a a creature to your hand when it dies if it was equipped. Like, I feel like there's redundancy in both of those effects. You kind of could make your own Skull Clamp here, and the fail case is, you know, you get a free 2-2 or slash you get a free 3-1 when it comes into play. I think that's reasonable and aggressive enough, um, especially with, you know, a deck that I kind of want to play with because I think that, you know, this plus some of the creatures that are equipment. You know, both of those things will turn on your Rebel Salvo. I'm trying to put something together here, and I wanted to shout this card out, because I'm definitely going to be testing a. with it, even though it might just end up being
1: terrible. Oof, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, There is a card, uh, Stonehaven Outfitter, from Oath of Gatewatch, yep, from, plus, uh, one plus one, to all equipped creatures, which could kind of negate the
0: fact that... That, that, that one, like, yeah, that one kind of shuts up. Because, gonna... like,
1: whenever an equipped creature you control dies, you draw a card,
2: so... Guess what? I'm gonna be a little bit of a Debbie Doubter here on Rebel Salvo, because I have beef with this card. I have a little bit of beef with it. That it exactly okay. does not kill a Karn that upticked on turn. It just it hmm. doesn't. And which is like the entire reason I would want to
1: play this card. Like right? Upticking? Decks. What are you talking about? When does that happen? Uh what when, when it tries when to get It's a playing
0: against <laughs> Yeah, when it's playing against a hammer deck and you're trying to stop them from uh, activating stuff. Okay. Yeah,
2: I, I that, that's just my beef with this card. Otherwise, I think it's like really good and exactly what the deck needed. But why did it have to be five? Why can wizards have just been like six? You know. They yeah. Actually, had to like think. You know what? Actually, I'm going to take this as the omen that Karin's getting banned. I'll take it as the omen. All
0: right, I'm good to I'm move on too. to a green. Oh, Is there I, anything else in red that you I, really wanted to shout I out? Two that I really wanted to talk about in red. Just give it a shout-out, unless we think it's got more um, depth to it.
1: I think All Will Be One would be really fun in some kind of scales deck in red, you know, with, like, Ozolith that you're just, like, putting counters on stuff and then putting them along Ozolith and putting them on something else. And then it says whenever you put one or more counters on a permanent or player, All Will Be One deals that much damage. So just switching it back and forth between in Ozolith and stuff like that and whatever, like, just that'll just, ooh, I, I think that's super naughty. I like that. And the other one I like is Herbarasque's Forge, which is two and a red artifact. And uh, whenever, say so at the beginning of combat, you put an oil counter on it, and you get an X1 uh, haste for X a creature with trample. And it's a haste, trample creature, and X is the number of oil counters. Like, you set it and forget it. And then it's like, it just keeps on pumping out creatures every turn. And they sacrifice as well. This could be good in Sacrifice or some kind of Tokens deck. You know, we've had other effects like this in the past. Like the five-mana Boros one, the Legions. I forgot what it's called. Something, something Legions. or uh, Assemble the Legions. Or just assemble, assemble Legions. legions. Yeah, like, I was thinking that too. They can just set it and forget it. Except it's three mana, which is great because it gets out, you know, super, super quick. You won't be able to block with these, but you can just keep on just killing all their stuff. Just put in like... You know, uh, board wipes and and kill spells and just every turn you're just pumping out more and more and more guys. So those are the two yeah, cards I, I my to talk my, about.
0: my fail case on that one is that if you you know if you get this down turn five it's just not doing anything for you. Like unless if you're playing this turn three, I think that it's not good and that means that it's going to be very
2: narrow. Well, what if we play it on turn two with an elf? It's so powerful. <laughs> yeah, huh. no, I'm I'm not about this card. I think both of these cards are way too expensive for what they do. Not excited. They're so slow. I can't. I, okay. I can't. But you know what? I can't. I'm going
0: to have to think about the... I'm going to have to think about the All Will Be One with uh, Ozolith though, because like if you copy the Ozolith and you move all the counters from that Ozolith to the other Ozolith, is it a legendary?
2: The...
0: Yeah, that's the um... point. Is It'll die, and then all of those counters will... Or is it only creatures with Ozolith. It probably is. It moves Never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's okay.
2: You know what? We can talk about all the intricacies that we can with All With One, but you know what? We can talk about some green guards. Because I'm very...
0: Yeah, if, if we want to talk about Azlith shenanigans, we can uh, sit down and play some EDH like they seem to be wanting us to. <laughs> but
2: um, another one of the Twilights that I, I think is probably better than the white one, I think the, actually the most playable one, is definitely Green Sun's Twilight. Uh, for X and 1, you get to reveal the top X cards of your uh, library. Or, sorry, reveal the top X cards plus 1. Uh, and then you get to choose a creature card or a land yeah, card yeah. from among them and then put them on the bottom. But if X is 5 or more... You get to instead put the chosen cards onto a battlefield uh, or into your hand. So you get the choice. Um, the reason I think that this is like something that we may have to think about is the decks that wanted to play storm, the festival or Genesis ultimatum that couldn't exactly play it due to its restrictive mana costs. Um, also this being like a three mana, like divination type card, or like even for two mana, if you're the luckiest guy on earth and had have a land and a creature in the top, it's two mana to draw two. Um, I, I think there's a lot of flexibility yeah. with this card and I definitely think it's the most playable. Does it have a home right now? No, but I am the guy that loves landfall, and if there's some sort of like landfall strategy with uh, Green Sun's Twilight, I think that's exactly where it would shine the most. Putting in something into play like a um uh like a, even um or, sorry even finding a Lotus Cobra or putting into play
0: Cultivator Colossus. Let's, let's do it. it. <laughs> Cultivator
2: Colossus or anything like that. Totally I don't think this card is card. gonna break format. Yeah. I don't know this card is super powerful, but I do think it's something to consider because it is a cheap draw card. If your deck is built the right way, which if your deck is built with creatures and lands, it seems to be built the right way.
0: Yeah, I'm with you 100. percent I think I, you know, you, I've got the exact same opinion on this one, so I don't need to say anything more.
1: Wow. Um, do you have any opinions? I only on have that? one card. Go for it. I want to talk about it in green, and that's Threat Breaker of Silence, because I, oh. I, I love beefy <laughs> green boys that that uh, can be played with Bard class. No, I'm kidding. i can not going to play with Bard class. Uh, but it's really cool. It's a five mana, five, five. Can't be countered. Trample. Uh, can't be the target of non-green spells. I'm getting some. So what, what was that called? The blue card, the merfolk that couldn't be targeted by spells your opponent's controlled. Or actually, maybe this is more like the, uh, what was the hasty elemental creature? Uh, Gaia's something. Gaia's it was Revenge? Also, Gaia's Embrace? Yeah, I could Gaia's... only Yeah,
0: Gaia's Revenge, yeah. Like, something like
1: that. So this is... The, yeah, go on, go but on. I was going to say, it can only be targeted by green spells um, that uh, your opponents control, which I think is hilarious. And, well, it's indestructible on your turn. So, basically, they can only board wipe it on their turn, basically.
0: Well, yeah, that, that's the problem, is, you know, the board wipes aren't played on your turn. They're played on your opponent's yeah. turn.
1: They have to board wipe it. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. I, I just think it's you know, it's more expensive. I'm, I'm comparing it more so to the old run, <laughs> and this is more expensive and regenerate being a lot better than that indestructible during your turn uh so I, I just don't think that this gets through the the board wipes that you know the one deck where you would want it for has so i don't think this has any home at
2: all yeah the fact that this just doesn't do anything against extinction i'm at, don't care anymore
0: <laughs> yeah or supreme verdict or farewell or you I don't know, know, we can just that. start naming
2: board clears but the card that i also wanted to yep. talk about just very quickly very briefly expand the sphere i think this like as the timmy and me this is what i want to talk about um it's for three and a green uh you get to look at the top six cards you can put up to two land cards from among them into the battlefield tapped and the rest in the bottom in random order if you put fewer than two lands onto the battlefield this way you get to proliferate a number of times equal to the difference so this can if you look at your top cards and you see two lands that you really need or any sort of lands with value yeah you can put them into play but otherwise you get to proliferate twice I think that this card has a lot of agency with it being, like, you get to choose between proliferating twice, making a land drop, and then proliferating again, or making two land drops. I just think that this card has a lot of range, and I don't know exactly where it would go. Maybe it'll go in my dumb, janky Salt ultimatum pile and try it out a little bit, but I just think this card has a lot of text and a lot of things that I'm very interested in, because I think the decks that want to be a lot of, like, making their land drops on, uh, like, ramping to, like, seven or whatever are the same decks that want to proliferate twice, so like instead of like cultivate this card can like make uh sorry have a lot more agency in the later game if you have planeswalkers in play so it's just something okay. to think about i like
0: this card i don't like that it can miss you know if you're counting on the lands and you don't hit them you, you don't get an option mm-hmm. really um but yeah you know hey it's cocoa for lands like i'm willing to mm-hmm. give it a yeah. shot
2: <laughs> it's it's interesting that's why i liked it
0: I'm going to just quick shout Caker Bloom. Don't even need to read it, but uh, I think it's a playable card. I do card. like the Phyrexian like
2: Fungus. Oh, yeah. Man. Can we go
0: to multicolor? Because I yeah. think there's a handful of cards yes. we have to t- Yeah, okay. We're going to multicolor, Ryan. I'm jumping into this right away because I think that a couple weeks ago I brought it up and uh, Ashiok seemed to be giving me dirty glances through the podcast, <laughs> which is somehow possible, is Nahiri the Unforgiving, I think, is being underlooked. And this might be one of the cards that I think is... Look, not not quite a sleeper, but I think definitely undervalued and could see play.
2: Okay, can you make an argument for it? Uh, after telling okay, us so the card? it's it's
0: it's either three or four mana. So it's one red, white, and then either a red or a white or two life and for the completed ability. It's either five loyalty or three loyalty. Plus one up to your next turn, uh, until your next turn, up to one target creature attacks a player each combat if able. Uh, Plus one, discard a card, then draw a card. So both of those are pluses. And then a zero, exile a creature or equipment card from your graveyard with amount of value less than the Ahiri's loyalty. Uh, And you get a copy of it, it gets haste, and then at the end of turn you exile it. So... I think that there's a lot of things that make this card stronger than it looks. The main thing you're playing this for, obviously, is that zero. You want to be bringing back, um, you know, probably two drops. You can play this as a three mana and get back two drops. If you're playing it at four mana, then you can get back, you know, three or four drops, maybe. But I'm mostly looking for things like. uh, Now my brain can't work. Um, (laughs) Blood Tithe Harvester, things like that, that are good two drops. You know, I would love to grab something like that and give it haste. I would love to grab. you know anything that's a value creature at two mana just seems nice to pull back with this. Um, there's also some things that I think are being overlooked. Is the first plus one? It does say up to your tr- next turn, target creature attacks a player each turn if each combat if possible. So that means they can't attack Nahiri, They have to attack you if able. So you're really you're an aggro deck already, and you're going to force them to. You know, use your life total as a resource, Mm -hmm. uh, which means that it protects itself. The second one is that the second ability says discard a card, draw a card. It doesn't say if you do draw a card. So if you're out of cards as an aggro deck, you draw a card each turn with this. This is a three mana planeswalker that draws a card
2: each turn. I think that is being overlooked. That's my case. Okay. Uh, I do think you make a solid case for it being a little bit more playable and you've opened my brain to being like, maybe this card isn't as bad. What I more so was focusing on was like, the hammer strategy and especially like mm. returning a blood mm-hmm. tithe harvester, like, doesn't seem that interesting to me. Like, sure, you get to remove a thing, get a blood token, like, a little bit of value that way. That's cute. Uh, but now we're talking Mardu colors and we're talking a lot of specific mana, which is probably achievable, but still, it just like is this card gonna outvalue red black? No, don't think so. We already see a lot of incidental graveyard hate so it's gonna have to already put some effort into putting cards into the graveyard if we know this card is popular in the format uh that's just where my issue is with it because like if we know this card is popular is it easy to hate out like kind of like graveyard trespasser on three into this like sure if you get if you get ahead of graveyard trespasser sure this card's like maybe a bit better but that means your two drop had to have died so yeah i don't no. Well, you could
0: do like oh, so the other card I was trying to think of was a Dreadhorde Arcanist, Like you could bring an Arcanist sure. back, and you're discarding cards to feed it. Like both of those things seem
2: reasonable. I just think this card has uh, this card has needs so much setup to just be able to like do anything relevant, especially with it being a three mana walker or a four mana walker. And I just don't see you getting there ever. Okay. However, um, and, let's uh, let's go Ash-yak, on. ryan, ryan why don't you Probably, grab one? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about my boy Kaido. Because I feel like Kaido might be getting a little over Ooh, yeah. here. Uh, Kaido Dancing Shadow, two, uh, some Demir mana. Uh, this is a wall of text, bear with me. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you may return one of them to its owner's hand. If you do, you may activate loyalty abilities of Kaido twice this turn rather than only once. Starts off at three. Uh, plus one, up to one target creature can't attack or block until your next turn. Zero, draw a card. Minus two, create a 2-2 colorless drone artifact creature token with death touch, and when this lead creature leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. So, we're looking at this card. What are we thinking? I'm thinking it's, rogues, okay? You did too. I'm thinking about all of those lovely <laughs> rogues that we were talking about <laughs> earlier, and this is actually a Planeswalker kind of built for that strategy. We've seen rogues. I So... I don't know how much you guys exist on Twitch. There is a guy that Mm constantly, constantly donates rogues for Doomwick to play on Pioneer. And he (laughs) 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 always used to try to make me do the same thing. Sir Elks, if you're out there listening, no, I love you. This isn't hateful. (laughs) I love you, man. But you've opened my eyes to rogues a little bit more. And I think that if, if there is a card that wants this, it's going to be rogues. And if rogues is playable with, especially the new two drop, we were just talking about both of these go hand in hand together. So I'm think, I'm envisioning yeah. where you're casting either the new two drop or soaring thought thief or any sort of evasive creature, and then now on turn four, uh I get to return it to hand, create more value with Thieves Guild Enforcer, and draw two? What? Like that seems great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think this also can pressure the opponent's life total pretty well, which uh, that deck sometimes had trouble mm. doing.
2: The the two two drone artifact oh. also being able to defend itself on the turn it comes in is also kind of cute because like it's a little it, it's a, yeah. I want to call it like a baby Baleful Strix that just like doesn't have the doesn't draw obviously, but like like it, it is something to think about because it is a.
0: Uh, but if it trades with a card and gains you two and makes them lose two,
2: like that's very it did reasonable. it. Sin. It did exactly what it wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: um you don't want to know what i thought when I, you were like hey what, what are we bouncing back to our hand with this is my first thought was dorothea so i don't um, even know what that <laughs> do we not talk about it? so that that's the uh the four four flying spirit for oh, two mana that when it attacks or blocks you sacrifice at the I end see. of combat
2: yeah i know i wasn't thinking
0: <laughs> that like so you bounce it back to your hand and like then, maybe you have okay. some like
2: esper strategy where you're like returning reflector mage and it's cute but like, I definitely yeah. think like the evasive creature strategy where you're trying to get an incremental value with rogues, will be so much better because now we can actually envision a world where we're going to cast into the story and copy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think this card actually is really good. I, I was thinking about it for my top five. Like it's a card I'm interested mm-hmm. to try out, but it didn't have a very strong home, which is why I didn't include mm-hmm.
2: it. Well, not talking about Kaido. Ryan, what were you interested in?
1: oh uh i would like to tell tell you guys about my lord and savior bard Glass and uh, miglos maze crusher <laughs> uh it's a four four one red and a green legendary phyrexian beast which means that it, it can cost only one mana with an activated bard Glass. and uh, when it enters the battlefield you get five counters on it you can remove one counter to uh, give it vigilance and menace till the end of turn You can remove two counters and pay, sorry, two mana and two counters to uh, give it plus two plus two until the end of turn. And you can remove three to uh, three counters and pay three to uh, destroy target artifact or enchantments. So, one of the things that uh, Bard Class was kind of missing was some kind of main board way to deal with enchantments and artifacts and stuff like that. And this gives you that ability to do that. So, you're playing Bard Class turn two, and then you play this on on the, the next turn, on third turn and uh you pay for one mana and then you can well if you want to you can pump it up but you probably don't want to do that right away um but if you if you play it any any turn later than than three you can automatically destroy something or when you're attacking you you can just pay three and you know give it menace vigilance and give it like plus two plus two it's a six six attacker on turn four which i think is pretty strong um but yeah it's bard class target and i'm happy i'm happy i think to that creatures. there's a lot of issues with bard
2: class already and i don't think this solves oh yeah. any mm-hmm. of them however no, it in bard class i do think that this is a really good card <laughs> but that's i mean all I it's have.
0: it's yeah i i think you know i have talked about bard class quite a bit you know if you guys jump into our discord you will hear us talking about bard class all the time I'm of the opinion that Bard class should be trying to be more of an aggro deck first and a combo deck second, and I think that this would do well to support that. Uh, What I don't like is that the most expensive ability is the Destroyer Artifact of Enchantment mm -hmm. 1. Like, I think that you're basically going to have to take a full turn off in that Bard class deck. Like, it runs at a very low mana intensity um, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention Luca as well. Uh, you know, I don't think that's an amazing card, no, but not. I think that also could be considered it's for too, Bard too class. Too much money. For if he doesn't, many, even, if he doesn't even consider
2: it for <laughs> class. Oh, you know it's bad. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: but it could be a two mana walker. Yeah, no. Um, it, no, yeah, I think that's a fair shout out. Is the uh, the, the yeah. Maze Crusher? And then you... I'm gonna go to another card here if you're fine with a glissa Sunset. Yeah. Good card. This one's a three mana so it's it's black, green, one for a phyrexian zombie elf. It's a three 3 1st strike death touch, which is a rare and powerful combination. And when it deals combat to a player, you can either draw a card, lose a life, destroy an enchantment, or remove three counters from a permanent. Uh all of which are good abilities. Yeah, it's a... Um the remove counters is a little bit light, but I think that you know this is just a strong card that can be an amazing blocker or block draw you
1: a card every turn. You can't block it either, because it's like you block with three creatures and it's like, all right, one, 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 you're all dead. All done. You have to remove yeah. it,
2: and
0: I. Yeah. Okay, can can oh my, I? Uh, oh, I yeah, just go ahead. My
2: hot take on this card. I yeah, think. Uh, I think if anything's bringing back the the Golgari, uh, there was a, there was a little bit of go that uh, Golgari boats, I think, existed for a little bit, mm. or like a Golgari Ooh, mid-range okay. deck using Essex Chariot. I think that this deck is really exciting for it because it was playing a card called um, Time Bridge Tracker or whatever it was, where if you had a clue token, Ooh. it was a four three and i think this card just does yeah. so much more for that deck and it was kind of like a little bit more of the flash in the pan but it was a recent flash in the pan so that's why i kind of get a little bit more excited about this card and it just first strike death touch it, that i put it on the list cuz first strike death touch constantly attacking boys we're one mm-hmm. step closer to the rock
1: i love it
0: okay i've got a funny i've got a funny bet here is um you know i know claudio has been on the show several times i don't know if he listens to every episode um what's the over under that claudio ends up putting this in a mm-hmm. uh in a Niv-Mizzet deck, oh, it, in sometime uh, the next season, oh, you know it, you know it.
2: Imagine curving into this. It just, it, it actually, you know what? I'm gonna say it's bad in that deck because it doesn't work well with carrying.
0: I'm sure it is, but I've seen worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've I, seen I've worse cons- from that. I've fine convinced man. him
2: to play a fair amount of Garruk Cursed Huntsman or Garrick Apex Predator. Both of those are my love cards for that deck.
0: He he used to play the old Arlen Cord. That that was the
2: one that I was like, oh
0: no, man, hmm. oh no, oh, audio,
2: you doing okay? That's that's the, that's exactly where we were with that. But
0: um, <laughs> all right. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find a home for this do we care about any of its uh creature types like it could be a zombie it could be an elf you know you could be Coco zombies uh, or something probably not I don't
2: think I don't think would is It'd be I think fine of in elves for zombie but elf is yeah elf is the one that would be relevant but elves, elf, okay, elf yeah. has a different idea of how to how to play the elf cards and glissa has a very different idea on how to attack it so I think those are a little mm, bit more, yeah. more contrasting ideas
0: however elves has kind of always had that yeah. problem for sure but
2: you know what i want to talk about i want to talk about seven mana unplayable cards yeah let's go the first the first there's two on this list and i think those are the last two i want to talk about from multicolored if anyone else wants to go for it but i want to talk about kaya intangible slayer so three white white black black start off starts off at six and this is something that makes me like uh eyes pop out of the head like a wooga is that it has hex proof. Okay. Hmm. Hex proof. <laughs> that is so powerful. Oh my god. The, the fact that all the a lot of the removal for planeswalkers has just already been removal spells. Now they have to attack it down. Keep in mind, seven mana. I understand. But uh plus two is each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. Uh zero, you draw two cards, seven mana, but you get to draw two cards. I'm I'm already up good. But but there's a downside, each opponent may scry at one. Uh, And then it's minus three. Which is such a random downside. But it's minus three is XL target artifact. Oh, sorry. XL target creature or uh, enchantment. If it wasn't an aura, create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 1-1 white spirit creature type with flying in addition to its other types. That's what I'm interested in. It's minus three ability to be able to remove something and have it the text of whatever it removed. That just means it's like probably one of the more powerful removal spells that we have. That exists but it is seven mana and it is hexproof but there's just yeah, there, i think there's such a ceiling on this card yeah. there's such a ceiling but Control's it is seven mana this. i think this is the card that i try to convince claudio to play <laughs>
0: okay yeah i it's seven mana you know i would almost rather play like the six mana planeswalker the um, chandra Wanderer, we were talking oh, yeah, just talking yeah, yeah. about like, yeah. no. I'm willing to try this. I love like big dumb white black. Like I've even got a Mardu Plains walker deck that plays a seven drop, but I just don't know. Yeah. Is this worth cheating? Oh me? yeah, I guess like, we is have there um, any way to like Urza assembles
2: uh, the Titan. Now it exists in the format.
0: That one can't. Oh hit yeah, because it's it to six drops? or oh,
2: is it seven mana? Uh, the World Tree. But... Um,
0: I was gonna say you could do the, like, the White Invoke brings back Eddie Permanent, but...
2: There we go. No, I think the World Tree might actually be the best now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> the yeah, World Tree? N- but now we're pushing out the World Tree, um, what is it? The, the, the World Spell? I think it's the, it's the Read Ahead Saga from oh. Dominaria. God, I don't remember it, but you know what I do remember? Attracts another 7-mana unplayable mm. card.
0: So... Yes, this one is not playable. I think this one will see play because you don't <laughs> have to
2: play it. Yeah. No. What do you? Don't... You
0: you search this one up by sacrificing a leyline binding in your uh, enigmatic incarnation deck, and then boom, you've got this seven mana, or you've got this seven seven flying vigilance death touch life link that draws you three to four cards.
2: Yeah. You know what? I am the enchanties enjoyer, and I am the enchanties competitive player here, and I am very excited about yeah. this being a redraw. Um, something that the deck is going to have to warp or the, the, the issue that I have with enchanties right now is I have to figure out how I'm going to kill an opposing Elishnorn, assuming that exists. Yes, So <laughs> very much uh, that. this also helps find it in uh, beforehand and also this is just the most powerful thing to put into play when there is an Atroxa, or sorry, when there is an Elishnorn in play because it unless they have their own Atroxa this card will always get in and this card will pressure mm-hmm. life totals quickly.
1: Hmm. It's spicy. I like it. I, I I was talking about this before. I, I just like the fact that you know you get all that card advantage, even though it's cards that we're not usually used to playing. Um, Nib it found a way. Attracts will find a way too. They always find ways home. Yeah.
0: All right, we're uh, coming up the home stretch. Can we do lands and artifacts? Well, and then I got quick three through our top five. To talk about the real uh, I don't think there's anything else. Fun of them. <laughs> yeah, just give them a shout yeah, out. quick we'll, shout we'll,
1: we'll out. Run. Um. Uh, one card I thought might be interesting is Char Forger. It's a 2-3, uh, one red and a black. You don't need to read it. Okay. Just, just give it a shout out. Okay. Well, check it out if you can. I think you could see some play yeah. in uh, uh, Sacrifice Decks. And Jor uh, Cardine, first Gold Warden, 2-2 uh, two, two, uh, Trampler guy. I think he could be good in a, uh, uh equipment deck. There we go. Okay. Yep. I'll give him a shot, too.
2: I'll shout him out, too. All right. Lands and artifacts. All right. Who wants to take it
1: away? Uh, we already talked about most um, of the lands, so.
0: Yeah, we talked about a fair amount of them. I thought there were a couple of these spheres that were interesting enough to consider is Mirex is the one that, when it enters, it can make mana any color, otherwise it makes colorless, and it can tap for three to make a 1-1 one, one Phyrexian Might artifact creature token with Toxic and Camp lock. Uh Just think that, you know, it's kind of a freebie to be making some aggressive creatures, mm-hmm. especially if you've got, like, artifact synergies or token synergies or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. that's
2: fair. I just, I think three mana's a lot these aggressive decks and i don't know i think if you're spending three mana to make a one one every turn you're already dead so that's my okay. take but you know what i want to throw back to a card that i kind of like teased a little bit that was like something that we could remove with the called rebirth and the creativity deck soulless jailer this is just a new card that exists uh, it's mm. a two mana zero four uh artifact creature flexing golem uh permanent cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield Players cannot cast non creature spells from graveyards or exile. Um the although, although I I realize now that this doesn't stop creativity. I realize now. My bad. But yeah. uh this this card uh, negating all of Grease Fang. Nice. Anything that hates Grease Fang, I'm a fan of. Um, and uh, when we're seeing cards that non-creature cards cast from exile or graveyards um cards that i can think of that the stops is just like your light up the stage or your um, it just it just has a lot of incidental value that i could just see this being like a reasonable card target um and a two mana oh four isn't anything to like shake your head at like it's it's something that we can like have as like a quick blocker if you ever need it i don't know i think this card has a lot of agency in cardboards. boards
0: okay um i don't have much to say about it i so like there. it
2: then I'll quickly also give a quick shout out to upgrade a ratchet bomb, the filigree Silex. Don't want to say anything more. Oh yeah. Quickly <laughs> upgraded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I put a lot of more of these cards so I can just like quickly or of them if you want.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, I didn't even say the seed core was the other one that I might be interested in, but I don't actually, now that I'm thinking about it is I don't have much with poison counters. When I thought poison counters might be possible. I was interested
2: in it. And now I'm kind of not. Uh, the cards I, I want need... to quickly shout out is the new sword. Uh, 3 okay. mana, 2-2, two, two, or it gives it 2-2 two, two, protection from green and red. And when everybody deals combat damage, you get to play an extra land and it's light up the stage. Um, it has a lot of incremental value. We haven't seen a sword in Pioneer ever. So, hmm. it's just something that we have to kind of keep the lookout on because constant protection from red is something that's very relevant. Uh, I, I would love hmm. to say protection from green is relevant, but Karn stops this. So, eh, eh, eh. Huh.
0: One concern I had with Sword is that I the the one deck where I was looking at playing it in, I was like, oh, I've got red equipment that I want to attach to my creature, and I can't because it's got a sword yeah. on it. Yeah,
2: it's it's like kind of awkward. But I think I think that there's maybe something that exists where the sword is good as like a mid range value card or anything of the yeah, sort. Like yeah. it, it is a card that gains incremental value and can attack through a, a lot of relevant creatures that exist in the format. So shout out to it. I don't think it's going to do a whole lot, but. It is something new that exists in the format, so we have to tip our hat to it. Yeah.
1: There's one card that I wanted to you know let my Timmy loose on, and that is Graz Unstoppable Juggernaut. Uh, 8 mana, 7, 5. I just want to play a bunch of mana dorks for 1 mana, get this out as quickly as possible, and turn all of those mana dorks into 5-3 creatures that must attack each turn and can't be blocked by walls. You know what this seems great in? there's no, my for- Juggernaut's Commander <laughs> Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, the other two cards I do want to quickly shout out, though. Um, three mana uh, artifact uh, staff, staff of completion. Uh, so you can pay one life, destroy target permanent. You own that ability. Not too excited about. Pay two life, add a mana. That could be relevant. I'm kind of excited about that. But the ones, uh, the one I'm more excited about is the pay three life proliferate or pay four life draw a card. These are all tap abilities. But for five mana, you can untap it, so you can get to go again. I don't ever think you're this card for what it's worth, but I do think that fact that you can just like pay three life and draw or proliferate or draw a card or add mana, I think this card might be playable. Uh, where? Don't know yet. Hmm. But three mana proliferate constantly. Uh, I think it's something we kind of have to like nod and think or about. Three life proliferate. It is. Yeah. It is really costly on life totals, but
0: yeah, th- that's what I was thinking. Is that you know anything that can play a three drop that doesn't do anything sort of and. It isn't going to have the luxury of the life total unless you're like mono green
2: and then Mm -hmm. Karn kind of shuts this down. And I'm also not smart enough Eh. to figure out what three mana pay one life destroy target permanent you own does, but this card has a lot of tax (laughs) and a lot of options, so I think we have to talk about it and the last card that i
0: is there a karn line is there you know is this ever worth grabbing with karn to proliferate
2: it and some other creatures not mono green but maybe if there's like some sort of like scales strategy or like if we like revert back to like old mono green maybe but we we've moved so far past that kind of type of format so like maybe it doesn't exist. Agreed, agreed the card that i want to lastly talk about and it's last one Argenta uh, Masticore for a five mana five five first strike protection from multicolored. This card do- already dodges a lot of the removal in the format with it being protection from multicolored, uh, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice uh, this card unless you discard a card. When you discard a card this way, target non-land permanent and opponent controls with mana value less than or equal to the uh, mana value of the discarded card. So it's a constant like it's constant it, yeah. removal spell. That's what I love about this card. Is you you you're just you're turning your incremental value into like removal spells and you're able to beat down with this card and I I, I think that it, maybe it has a home that I'm not thinking about but constant vindicates is something that I want to know where this can go or nonland permanents or constant removal spells just seems so powerful to me and I don't know where but somewhere
0: down to give it a shot you know five mana
2: is probably the the downside yeah and it, but also it could be like a cardboard target or it's mm. hittable by um uh storm the festival okay. if that ever becomes relevant mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah lots of options
0: uh, i'm just realizing that ryan you're definitely gonna find graz in your dwarves deck aren't you
1: probably oh yeah we could we could turn on um, magda to a five three <laughs> or i can put it put yeah, a card in there and just you know have, get it from the sideboard and hey next turn let's turn everybody into five threes yeah
0: all right, uh, do we want to go through our top fives? Yeah, let's do to top, top fives.
1: Five. Who wants to go first? Who's the Brave Soul?
2: So I might
0: change my number four on mine.
2: Who is the Brave Soul that goes first? I can go first. Right, I'm going to go through my top five. I'll go first. Uh, I had. Yeah. Oh, sure, go ahead. I
1: mean, you want to go? No, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go number one Fastlands. We talked about those last week, um, but I think they're going to have a huge impact on aggro decks, especially. i really excited to see what kind of new decks are now viable or old decks, or fringe decks survival because they have better mana. Um, my number two is uh, Squirrel of Defector Might, the um, Mother of Runes, or the uh, might of runes. Uh, Insect of Runes, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that's going to be a really cool card. I said it might see some play, maybe, in like an Auras-type deck, uh, that it's an Artifact as well, so a lot of cool ways to use that, and it gives Toxic to another creature, which I think is cool, and Protection. Again, really cool card. I think that'll see some play. Uh, Phyrexian, Phyrexian Obliterator, uh, that's my third choice again i think this is gonna see play uh people are gonna you know maybe it's not gonna take over the format but i I definitely think it'll have some put some pressure on the format Uh, i also think ossification might lead us to play some more you know two mana control decks or not two mana two color control decks uh two mana would be hard to do but uh, (laughs) anything with basic lands you can use ossification on which i think is great and uh, then I have Bloated Contaminator. I just think it's a good body. Um, and I saw that you guys had had those as well on yours. But I, I like that mm-hmm. it's aggressive and it makes, you know, uh, it proliferates encounters and stuff like that. So I think I think it'll be a good card. I think i will see play. Yeah, Bloated Contaminator
0: I, it was kind of my wishful thinking one. For me, I put my Fastlands at number one. And then I do kind of feel like there's a bit of a gap before the other four. As uh, I put Bloated Contaminator for number two, I put Elish Norton at number three. Uh, and I put Scrab at number five. Mm-hmm. I do think that card is going to be tested, but I th- had my doubts about it, so I wanted to be a little more conservative on it. Um, number four, I think I'm going to change. I had put Mirix because I wasn't sure what to put for it. I think I'm going to change it to Kaido after
2: we talked mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. uh, liking Kaido quite a bit. I'm going to do a little bit of cheating, and I'm I'm also changing mine yeah. a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to have okay. the honorable mention category off the start. Uh, I'm going to honorably mention Battle of Rebirth. Uh, I think that that's some, there, there has to be something there. I think that, that'll, that'll bring back the sacrifice strategy. Uh, number five I put the lands. Uh, no, I, think, I think that they're really impactful for the format. However, I think that the fact that we just got the pain lands means that these will be less impactful, if anything. So, like, mm. we're not seeing a whole lot of new strategies created. They were already using the pain lands. I don't think more aggressive mana for them is going to, like, fix or break anything in the format. Um, uh, I think number four. I, I actually want to like move around a little bit. I think uh number four for me is gonna end up being the Rogues package. I want to combine the two cards for number four because they both go together. Uh, that's gonna be Kaido and uh, I forgot the two one. God, what was the same again?
0: Mercurial yeah, Spell that Dancer. That's the one I had as an honorable Mercurial mention.
2: Spell Dancer. That's the one I also want to have. Um, okay. And then I want to talk about Bloated Contaminator for number three. Uh, I think that that card is th- three mana, four, four trample has to has to has to do something. Um yeah. However, I think number two is gonna be Mommy Norn. I think mommy is going to end up breaking uh Enchantees, I think we're gonna see a lot. We're gonna see a very different pioneer when that card is released. By the way, I tried to buy a copy for a tournament. Uh, on the set on the weekend it comes out, it's already pre-selling at seventy-five Oof. Canadian dollars. Oh no! Boy. Come on, guys. Yeah, it's, it's already really expensive, and that's just for the base one, not for one of the other ten alternatives. Hmm. Um, but this one nobody talked about. I'm surprised y'all didn't say it. Number one for me, Tyvar. Tyvar. I, I had. I'd have him yeah. as my
1: honorable mention. I, I'm very interested in Tyvar.
0: I had some doubts in Tyvar. I, I'm just gonna real quick uh, shout it out because somehow we missed it. You know, I was saying that I liked all the one, red one drops. We missed one of them. There was Exuberant Fuseling as well. Oh, I'm just gonna yeah, say it at yeah, the end of the
1: yeah. episode
2: in case it ever breaks yeah. the format. So that we I thought it was us. neat. I just
1: didn't see okay. where it fit in. So. No, I didn't want to spend us. too much time on my my jank. So I'll
2: credit us when Tyvar breaks the format. You guys can look at me now for the right. one.
1: Perfect. Sounds good. I mean, you're you're talking
0: about it. You when you talked about like I was a little bit doubtful. We talked about it last week, and you kind of only had it in like a somewhat fringe combo deck. I felt like that's not going to be widespread impact on the format. Maybe maybe it'll break it, but I, I was a little I bit think doubtful. It'll break it. All right, that is going to wrap up our show, though. You know, we're running late here as far as my time. Uh, I got to go to bed, guys. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you all for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. If you want to hear more of our content, if you want to keep up with all the decks we're going to be posting about and retweeting in the next few weeks, uh, go ahead and follow us at MDG Pioneer. You can also find a link to our Discord there to be more in touch.
1: Yep, and you guys can find me on Twitter at YoJapanHobbyist. And I'm looking forward. It. I know we, we didn't have time to go over a lot of these cards. Please come into the Discord and chat about the cards we didn't talk about or the ones we did. You know, if you want to talk more about it, and if it's super janky, definitely go to, to uh, Ryan's channel of jank. I want to hear from you. Yeah. And then uh, Ashiak.
2: Uh, of course. Uh, uh my Twitter, dreams of Ashiak. Um, and if you guys come into the Discord and you guys have anything about uh, any conversation you want to talk about competitive wise or what we think is going to actually like do really well, at me, talk to me. I would love to talk about competitive pioneer always. Um, and yeah, that's all I got to say. Shout out to the girlfriend for listening to this entire podcast. By the way, she's in my back. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening in the background. Uh, and thank you, everyone out there who's listening as well. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer information online. Your First Pioneers are, I was going to say, one out. But I guess that really doesn't work. Like you said, sometime i make it worse. Yeah,
1: you do.
2: <laughs>
0: like you said, Ashok, we're getting worse
1: every week. Uh, it's Maybe all that's right. We're just getting toxic. <laughs> Eventually, we'll see you out we're, with we're, the voice counters. They're completing out. There we go, dude. completing out. Your
0: first pioneers are getting worse every week. All right, that's going to wrap it up. <laughs>